G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, at times like this, when the coronavirus is causing all of us to be socially isolated and socially distancing, you might anticipate that the work of local Christian evangelists is being minimised. But there are so many Christian believers who won't be silenced and who are continually looking for new ways to relay their testimony and the message of the gospel to the people of their community. Well, one of those is Helen Devnish. Helen's an author and an evangelist from Hobart in Tasmania. Helen Devnish has a routine of evangelism, and for many years now, on the streets of Hobart, she's become a well-known face. And she's using a new booklet that she's produced to enhance her work as an evangelist. Helen and her husband David lead the Church on the Rock in Hobart. And Helen, as an evangelist, joining us today. Hello, Helen. Welcome along. Hi, thanks for having me back. Helen, before we get into talking about your new little booklet, uh, you're an evangelist. How does the social distancing work on the streets of Hobart? Are you still able to do your work as an evangelist? Well, yes, I am, because mostly I would usually just approach people anyway. Not like I try and gather big groups, but in light of the new restrictions... I obviously maintain the one and a half metre distance and at this time there's, you know, you can only do one to one. So obviously I can't talk to two people because then I would be breaching the law and I believe I should be um, doing my utmost best to keep the law as a good example to others. So I'm still doing what I do. I contacted um, someone at the police force last week just to say, look, is it okay for me to keep doing what I do? And yes, that's fine. They know what I'm doing. So I believe I'm doing everything I can. And now more people are open than ever before. People are more open than ever before. That's a key. And I imagine there's probably not as many people on the streets in Hobart. And and that is changing every day as well. But while ever you've got the opportunity, you don't want to miss the opportunity because people are very open to the gospel at this time. That's right. So, look, I have for quite a lot of years now been doing two days a week, often Tuesday and Friday, but that's open to change depending on, you know, what else is going on. So I'm still out and there are way less people, but I'm having way more opportunities than I've ever had. And I must say, I feel like I'm almost run off my feet because when I'm out and about, you know, like people are sat maybe having lunch or you know, at the shop, queuing up at Woolies, wherever it is, but people are generally very, very open. And I believe, obviously, we're still to maintain a politeness, a gentleness, not just bonk them on the head with a Bible and try and force our opinion. But all you have to do is to say to anyone, how are you coping with what's going on in the world? And then there's an opening then just about always to be able to share the gospel. 
Well, on earlier occasions, we've talked to you about being a woman and being an evangelist in doing what you do. We've also spoken in the past about your book called Let's Go, Fearless Evangelism. And you really do live what you preach in that sense of being fearless. You've got a new booklet that's come out and it's very, very uh, soft and easy to read. It's, there's not a lot to it. And you've incorporated your own artwork in it. This is a, a great little booklet. Uh, give us some insights into A True Story of Freedom, the name of your new book. Okay. So, yes, it's a booklet. I guess you could call it a tract. Uh, it's, it is 44 pages, very small, just an A6 uh, size, I think it is. And for some years, I've obviously been giving out other tracks, other booklets, other materials. And towards the end of last year, I started sensing that maybe I should produce something myself. And as I prayed and just waited on God about that over a few weeks, started getting some inspiration from different places and thought, well, I'm an artist. I could use my artwork. Also, because I do a lot of street work uh, with the youth of Hobart, I asked some of the youth who are artists if they'd like to help. Now, that didn't happen, but my youngest daughter, Shalom, who's 13, and her friend, Sarah, who's 12, they also uh, like doing art. They paint in our church most weeks. Well, not now because we're live, but when we were meeting together. And so the three of us did the artwork. Now, I did most of it myself. Some Six of the pictures I had already as I wrote up the writing to go in it and then tried to put pictures that I had to go with the little paragraph on each page. And then over the one week, we did 13 pieces of uh, artwork between the three of us. <laughs> so it was a mammoth effort, but it was good to be able to use our gifts for something like this. Well, you've been able to illustrate your own booklet. And when you describe it, somewhere between a booklet and an evangelistic tract, I imagine, and uh, from having a look through it, I imagine it's the sort of thing you can leave with someone when you've been sharing your faith with them, and it reinforces the sorts of things that you've shared. Is that the way it sort of works for yes. you like that? Yes, so it is. So we we did this towards the end of December. We finished it on New Year's Eve, getting it already three weeks from start to finish, uh, then it went to my publisher of my book. He came on board. So we've ended up getting 5,000 uh, printed and had a launch, uh, well, beginning of March. Seems so long ago. Seems almost a lifetime ago then uh, when we were allowed to meet together. But initially, yes, I was only giving it to people that I'd shared the gospel with. But in light of the current situation um, around the world, obviously in Hobart, then I have more opportunities as well to just give it to other people. There's not always time to talk to someone. Like um, today in the lift, I was coming out of the car park and there was a young, well, I didn't go in the lift, there was a young mum with her baby, so I let her go in the lift. You're only allowed two people, but I gave her the little booklet and said, I hope this might encourage you in these days. So I believe it can speak for itself because I, I trust that we've... Um, put something together that people want to look at with the artwork, but I also trust that the words are simple to understand, that I've explained the gospel clearly, having obviously shared it many thousands of times in the last however many years.
Well, I love the way you like to road test your material as well. And I know you showed your booklet to atheists and uh, yep. you gave a copy to a bishop in Tasmania. So you've gone to the yep. two ends there of people who would uh, be very, you know, antagonised by your giving them a booklet like this. And then someone who you might hope uh, would say, oh, well done, that looks great. So what sort of feedback did you get when you were road testing it with those two groups? Okay, so obviously there were the two groups and everything in between. <laughs> uh, probably about 20 people all up, you know, the kids on the streets. But look... You know, the, the Bishop of Tasmania, the Anglican Bishop, he is very supportive, and which was great, and we end up doing the launch in the cathedral here. But um, with the atheists, look, some of them were younger ones, but one of the atheists, and I don't think he will mind me sharing this, he actually um, is known for um, taking another street preacher to court a few years ago, and I'm actually friends with him and I was talking to him one day about it, and I sent him through some of the pictures that I'd already done, because he said, oh, Helen, you're not going to have people falling into hell, are you? And I said, look, I'm actually not taking that tact in, in what I'm doing. I believe there's a message of hope and love, you know, although I do believe in heaven and hell, I think, you know, Jesus came to save. And so I sent through some of the pictures, and he saw the one of the snake, which obviously represented to do with sin, and he said, oh, I think that picture could do with a piece of fruit in there. So the apple on that picture with the snake is compliments of my atheist friend. So, you know, God uses all kinds of people and helped me to get it right. Look, different ones suggested different words, change. Nobody said this is terrible, you know, but so many of the comments I just looked at and because they were from such a wide range of people, uh, it was good to be able to just look at it sit on it, pray about it, should I change that, should I not? And a lot of the suggestions I did take on board. And like I say, often it was a word here or there, but I'm very happy with how the final product has come together. And as you mentioned that, and I've got a copy of it in my hot little hand right now, and yes, it actually is a wonderfully positive presentation insofar as, as you say, there's no hellfire and brimstone style paintings in there. And uh, as you say, even the one that your atheist friend suggested you put a apple on there, it actually does make sense now that you explain it. And I guess whenever you're sharing the gospel and you might come to that page, you can actually explain why the apple's there. Hey, let me take you back to something you shared. People are more open to the gospel today than they were two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Give us some insights here into the sort of anxiousness that people have or the fears that have come upon them because of COVID-19 and uh, what difference it makes when you share the gospel into their circumstances. Okay, so look, obviously I share with a, a wide range of people. So firstly, some of the youth that I've met through the street work, many of them do have anxiety issues or depression. So for something like COVID-19 to happen that scares them it stresses them and so I'm able to speak into them and talk to them about how much God loves them you know that God is sovereign and that we can draw near to him we can reach out to him that he not only sent Jesus to uh, take our sins he by his wounds were healed and so they're then again more open and I can pray for them for their anxiety issues, their depression. Because I believe as a Christian, we have that authority 
in Christ. So that would be one group of people that I deal with. Then there's the elderly community, you know, because obviously the sickness is, you know, more readily amongst older people. So there's a lot of older people who are anxious about that. So while I'm in Hobart, my two days a week, I'm looking out for older people. And today, even I, I've just shared with a, an older gentleman who actually was off to the doctor for a, a growth on his back. So something completely different. He thought he was going to be um, hospitalized straight after the appointment. And, you know, to be able to share the gospel with him, I prayed with him as well. And you can just see that there's, there's a lot of anxiousness around. So I believe we have such a message of hope. And, you know, to be able to talk to people and see that there is an openness. I've talked, last week I talked to a doctor who was working in the ICU. I didn't know her, but she was just in the mall by herself. So I had a chat with her and got to pray with her. You know, there's been some nurses. You know, today there was also someone who works in the admin at the hospital. You know, and these people are key people. And if they don't have faith in Jesus, you know, they're often struggling. So it's good to be able to just get alongside them, share the gospel pray with them if they allow me. When I'm out on the streets, you know, I don't want to embarrass people. So I do tend to, you know, just pray with my eyes open. I'm not putting my hands together. I'm not kneeling down, you know. It's just, you know, a prayer, you know, as I would talk to them, but praying to God. So people passing by don't um, realize what I'm doing. And, yeah, so I think that's probably the biggest amount of people, you know, those ones that I'm meeting with at the moment. People are open to the message of the gospel. And yep. once again, congratulations on your new little booklet, Somewhere Between a Booklet and a Tract. And I imagine that, uh, you know, I'm sure people can go onto your website and uh, you'll be able to make them available to people if they want them. Because uh, I did hear just the other day of someone saying, you know, what sort of tract can I use? Because uh, things have changed since everybody's going into this social isolation. So I want to give the... I'll give the website for your ministry website. Uh, of course, the church that you and your husband lead is Church on the Rock in Hobart. But the website, lovehobart.com, lovehobart.com. And uh, while you're on the website, no doubt you'll be able to have a look at uh, the first book, Let's Go, Fearless Evangelism, and have a look at the new booklet, the one we're talking about today, A True Story of Freedom, at lovehobart.com. Helen Devonish, thanks so much for giving us your insights and sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.